Today, we chat with a legend in Australian computer retailing. He was the sales hurricane behind Harvey Norman's computer superstores, taking sales from $12 million to $565 million in nine years. He's a passionate, super experienced business trainer, speaker, mentor, published author, and business coach. He loves business and loves helping people. Uh, this part series we did with Tony will cover several aspects you need to know if you want to start and or scale your business, make more money. So enjoy. Welcome to Business for Builders. Uh, my name's Max, and today I'm joined uh, by Tony Guattari, who is uh, a fellow that I met a little while ago. I uh, met him on the Sunshine Coast, and uh, he's an exciting uh, business guy to listen to, and he's an all-round good dude. And by what's been going on his Instagram and LinkedIn pages, he's a very fit dude. Uh, Tony, welcome to Business for Builders podcast, man. Thanks, Max. Um, great to be here. Hey, uh, look, uh, you know, we, we got talking a little while ago about, you know, coming on the show, and I know you're super busy, so I really appreciate you taking out time of your busy schedule and chatting with us um you know ultimately business for builders exists to deliver value um and and really to give back i guess you know what we do is um you know we want to make sure that i think as much as we all want to make money and 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 i don't sort of shy away from the fact that we are in it for making profit but ultimately i think the people aspect especially in what i do um is super important so, you know, your, your Insta bio says, passionate, super experienced business trainer, speaker, mentor, publisher, author, and business coach. I love business and love helping people. And when I read that, it really resonated with me. And um, yeah, so we've got a lot of general contractors in our audience, a lot of builders. Uh, as we were chatting sort of off air, you know, you've got an involvement there, chatting to builders about franchises. Um, can you give us a little bit of uh, – the other thing you do is I just want to mention, and this won't go on the podcast, but your latest book is The Business Success. Tony, that's your latest, isn't it? I want to yep. give, give this a little bit of a plug. Um, and, you know, I think that to me – and you can see with what I've done with it, I've just got sticky notes out of it and it's got red panel through it. It's a real steak and potatoes novel, if you like, but it's a really terrific resource for someone like me who's in sales. And, of course, I've been on your YouTube channel as well. And yep. so, you know, I, I would love to maybe just start with a really quick background. Obviously, you had a big involvement with Harvey Norman. Um, and just to give us a little bit of context, since this is our first episode uh, with Tony Guattari, if you could just give us a little bit of a quick bio and a background as to, uh, you know, where you came from, and then we'll get on to some, some other meat and potatoes as it relates to uh, a little bit of stuff that might be able to help our, our viewers and our audience, man. So uh, take it away. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my actual true name is Antonio Roberto Guattari. <laughs> okay. So I, I'm actually Italian. Um, so you can't see me now, but I use my hands aggressively, assertively. And, Max, if you were close to me, I would probably be spitting on you at the moment because of all the saliva coming out of my mouth. Um, but essentially... Um, I, 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 you know, sort of went to uni, did a marketing degree. And then what happened, Max, is that I got approached by um, a gentleman who I used to work for when I was at university, who was my department manager of a uh, department store called Walton's in Sydney. 
And he approached me and said, Tony, I'm working for this billionaire who happened to, he, he was even a billionaire at that stage, a guy called Jerry Harvey. And he has started up this new retailer. It was rather new in the 1980s called Harvey Norman Discounts. And Harvey Norman Discounts was predominantly a big box furniture retailer that also sold electrical. And he said, look, we're very keen to um, sell computers through our retail stores. And I think they had about 30 retail stores at that stage. And it was interesting. This was the 1980s and, and computers were on the verge of uh, migrating from um, something that I can't, I, I can't afford but now I can afford. And there was a real push towards, um, you know, uh, people having computers because they felt that they would be left behind if they didn't have computers. Mm -hmm. um, this was pre-internet. Um, and, and basically, I wrote a report, and I didn't get paid for the report. It was just a report which was very much speculative. And they, um, and I presented it to this billionaire called Jerry Harvey. He he read the report. It was two hundred pages of pure waffle. Um, <laughs> it was an appalling report by my standards now because it was just long. Uh, it was verbose. It was. Uh, it, it said the same thing over and over again. But he mm -hmm. read it, and he then uh, approached me in a very charismatic way and said, "Do it." Now, I didn't really want to do it. I just wanted to get paid for the report. I already had a job. Right. Um, and uh, I, 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 so he convinced me to join, and I joined Harvey Norman. And this was a down-and-out retailer. It was a discounter. It wasn't glamorous Harvey Norman that you see now um, that is in multiple countries. Um, and I was very fortunate, very blessed um, to be uh, there, and I became general manager of the computer division. And I took it from um, something like $12 million in sales to around $570 million in sales. That's Australian dollars. Mm -hmm in nine years. It was remarkable because it transformed the pure nature of Harvey Norman. Harvey Norman was a publicly listed company. And because it was now retailing sexy technology, its share price went through the roof. It was considered to be a cutting edge retailer because it was on the cusp of new technology. Um, and basically I, I did that for 10 years and um, it was a very successful journey. But like all journeys, it came to an end. And uh, I then wrote a couple of books, uh, Business Success, Marketing Success, Pillars of Business Success. And I started my own business. And, and I had a real passion, Max, to actually help people in small business. Yeah. Because I actually fundamentally felt that unlike the corporate world, if you can help a, a – what I know about small business and what I know about – contractors is the business is a reflection of the owner yeah and as the owner gets better the business gets better and if you can make that transformation in the owner there is a legacy because it's not just a legacy of greater profits um you know profits come and go uh, that's all rust that will never like it's the legacy of uh, maybe they they're going to actually have a better marriage yeah maybe they're going to have a better relationship with their children 
maybe the father is actually going to really engage in the children's life um, and really leaving a legacy of, of, of what that father has done um, and what that family has done that actually is seeds and becomes generational seeds yeah. because, you know, we, we always follow what our parents do and mm-hmm. see. And, and that's what I found. And, and you know, and I've been in this game for a long time, Max, and um, many a time a small business owner um, or a contractor works the most and earns the least. Correct. Okay? It, it is insanity. They don't have a business. They have a job. Mm-hmm. Okay? They call it a business. But really, it's a job. And they work all the time. Um, Sometimes the people that work for them earn more money than they do, which is insane. Like, are you kidding? Okay. Uh, And and they work all these unknown godly hours. You know, they're, they're doing the tools. They're on the tools. They're doing the quoting. They're doing the book work. And, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I speak to these guys and, you know, they're working 85, 90 hours a week. Yeah. And, and no wonder they hit burnout at 45. Who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Um, and, and that's the whole challenge. And, and I love helping business owners to do that, to really break that legacy because it doesn't have to be that way, Matt. But that is that is totally in line with the way that these guys and I am one of those guys being a you know a qualified carpenter and a registered builder you you get you know the whole thing that you want to learn is to be able to build things plumb and square and straight and and develop that skill what we don't come away with is any understanding on how to do the business administration and marketing side and understanding the power of mindset and cultural development within a company that, that is not taught inside that curriculum as an apprentice carpenter. We never did chat about that. And so it's it's no wonder that, yeah. that it is a, the legacy is it's just a continuation from generation to generation because we all just struggle the same way. Yeah, and I, I think that's the um, – and, and that's the challenge. You know, um, just because you're a good plumber, just because you're a good builder yep. doesn't mean you're going to have a good building business. Correct. Okay. And you know and I know that. You know, you can be technically the most brilliant builder in the world, mm-hmm. okay, but that does not mean that you'll run a successful business because the skill sets are fundamentally different. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and you know and I know, um, Max, is that a part of a general contractor's role, if they really want to expand a business, is truly embrace marketing and sales. Agreed. To really own it mm-hmm. because, you know, that's the leverage point. I can always create great systems. I can probably get a general foreman to help me to look at the jobs moving forward. But the builder itself tends to be the absolute rock star when it comes to doing the quotes, presenting the quotes, and closing those quotes to the clients. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have to speak to builders about all the time. I said, man... You've got to get off the tools. If you want to leverage this business, you are going to have to actually um, release yourself so you can do the things that you may not be comfortable with. I'm granted you're not necessarily gifted in selling. I understand that. And sometimes there's a reluctance there. And that reluctance usually comes out of ignorance, Max. It's not a reluctance where they're educated. It's They've just tried it and it's failed for them. 
And it's failed because um, their level of knowledge is they don't know that they don't know. It's almost like you have to bring them into awareness. And when you can show them how they can build their business and they really take that path, it can transform their entire life because they start earning good money. Mm -hmm. They don't have the stress that they've got uh, because they've got a proper organisation and a proper team. Yeah. They learn um, the art of entrepreneurship. They also learn the art of leadership and management, how to manage a team. And that team is not only people that that they pay money to, but they could be general um, subcontractors that they use. They're still team members. Yeah. And they learn really how to build a business. And the beauty is they can still go away for six weeks holiday and they've still got a business when they come back. Yeah. So, Tony, what with, you know, obviously that's the end game. Um, and obviously, you know, there's a couple of ways, and I've mentioned this on the show before, is there's only a couple of ways that general contractors or builders like myself are going to be able to develop the, firstly, the awareness and then the skill set that you're talking about. And one of those is just a time thing. It's trial and terror. Um, you know, the second one is to get a coach and consultant. And, of course, the third one is franchising. And I don't know that there's there's any other option. That I, I think, unless you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, but is there any other way? And, and obviously, I subscribe to franchising because it's what I do in my day job. Um, but, you know, maybe we, as a general contractor, it's like, well, what if I don't want to join a franchise? Can you give us some – shed some light on the, the methodology or the process around me going from a completely – you know, uh, ignorant kind of standpoint where I don't know what I don't know and then slowly working my way up to having a really good grasp. So I don't know if you're familiar with the old unconsciously incompetent, you know, then yeah, you're yeah. conscious, that process whereby I move up to a point where I'm, I am unconsciously competent, which means I'm doing a lot of good things without even thinking about it. How yeah. do we take... What would be your synopsis of how that we bring a guy out of that, you know, out of the shadows, really empower that person? What is what is the process, do you think, for the average general contractor or builder? What's the journey look like and where do we go to source the good information? Okay. Well, first of all, um, everything um, is very dependent on the attitude of the contractor. Yeah, good point. Um, and, and I need you to really completely understand, and I'm just going to be totally, brutally honest here. Um, I have done a lot in franchising, and I am very selective about the people that I appoint as franchisees. Right. Not because of their skill, but because of their attitude. Okay. I've done a lot of coaching, and I will not coach certain business owners, irrespective of how much money they give me. Right. And what I've noticed, Max, is that there is a line, and let's just call this line below the line, above the line. Now, below the line mentality is the following characteristics. Who can I blame? Okay. I'm in denial. Yep. And you know what denial is. You know, how's it going? You speak to a general contractor. It's going really well. He's got no idea, mate, absolutely <laughs> no idea. He's got no idea in the wide world. He, he only does his tax returns once a year, so the only time he really looks at his books is once a year, and it's done by a tax accountant who can give him no advice on how to run a business, yeah. okay, and the horse is already bolted. You're waiting for 12 late. months to get results, 
It's almost like, you know, uh, playing soccer and waiting to the end of the game to see if you won or not. Wouldn't you change the performance of the game during it? Yeah. And they have this blame, denial and excuses. They've got an excuse for everything. You don't know our market, Tony. You don't know our customer, Tony. Um, you don't understand our suppliers, Tony. Everybody wants the cheapest price, Tony. Um, you can't charge any more money than this because that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I call them victim mentalities. Yep, I've and heard that. And when you're a victim, uh, you tend to focus on problems. And there's an old saying, what you confess with your mouth, you possess in your life. So you manifest more problems. The thing that you're escaping, you're actually attracting to you. Mm-hmm. But then if I can get a, uh, an owner, and, and this is gold, if I can get an owner to play above the line, and above the line is he's accountable. He realizes the buck stops with me. I can stop. I don't have to live in excuses anymore. It's with me. Mm-hmm. He takes ownership. He recognizes it's his business. And he understands completely that the buck is stops with him. Yep. And he actually is responsible, which is the ability to respond. Mm-hmm. If you have those three qualities, which is ownership, accountability, and responsibility, yep. you have goals. Okay, and I call that a victim mentality because you're focused on solutions and you will find a solution. Now, if I've got those sort of people, okay, I've got two avenues for them. They can probably do it themselves through trial and error. And they will probably succeed because they've probably got a good attitude, okay? But it will take them a longer time to succeed, okay, because they have to go through the whole process of trial and error, okay? And they're going to have to do everything themselves to a certain degree. So they're going to have to be good at marketing, good at selling. Um, They're going to have to be good. And they have to make a decision whether they're capable of doing that. And many of a business owner have started that way and they've hit the law of the lives. They get exhausted and they can't grow their business anymore because they are the business. So psychologically, they go to seminars and they read books and they go, oh, you know, I want to do all this. And they get really excited about growing their business. But then they get back and they are so exhausted, okay, they just can't because they associate, I call it the paradigm of pain, yep. that growth equals me doing more work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next avenue would be, okay, to get a coach. Now, a coach is a person that will work with you, okay, to redefine Uh, What are the key activities that you need to do? They might impart some knowledge in your areas of expertise, but the biggest role of a coach is that he makes you accountable, okay? Because the problem of being a boss is you do need a boss, Mm -hmm. okay? We are our own worst enemy, okay? We know what we do, we just don't do it. Okay, so a coach can help in that area um, dramatically. but certainly like you, I am certainly a fan of franchising Yeah. because to me, a franchising is a proven system, mm-hmm. okay? And that system allows you to get a replicable results. Yeah. It allows you to create leverage. 
it fundamentally upgrades your engine because mm -hmm. once you've upgraded your engine, you can accelerate the car. Sure. But you can't, before you can't accelerate the car because the engine is just a small, crappy engine that's going to blow up soon because it's you. Mm -hmm. So when you go join a franchise like Smith & Sons, because you're using the shared resources of the organisation, the marketing, uh, the systems, the tools, um, the software, you've actually got a better position because you've got a much bigger engine to drive that capacity. Mm -hmm. um, and that is extraordinary. That's how you make your money. Yeah. So what, what um, you know, in, in throughout that process, you talked about the below the line, above the line, the opposite to being a victim, having a victim mindset or mentality. What's the opposite? What would be the opposite of being a victim, being someone who's solutions victim. orientated? A, a what? A victim. A victor. A victor. Got yeah, it. a victor. Um, and so, you know, and how do – is that where you sort of – where you're selective about who you work with? Is it, is it fair to say the majority of guys and gals would be under would be below the line or do you you find actually a large majority of people can be above the line but they're not getting success for a bunch of operational reasons and if you are below the line is it possible to move someone to above the line and if so is it how long does that take is that an instantaneous I'm just going to wake up and make a decision or there's there there's habits that need to be refined or redeveloped to make sure that you end up above the line in your thought process. That's about 14 questions in one line. Sorry about that, Tone. Can you can you mop that up for me? Yeah, I can. Um, look, I, I think fundamentally it's a really good question you've asked and I think it's a profound question that goes deep, saying if someone is below the line, can you swing them to above the line? Uh -huh. um, you can only swing people if people have a desire to change. Max, you can't change anybody. You can be Mr. Yep. Motivator in the entire world, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, they actually have to take control of their own destiny. Now, in many ways, um, there is certainly sometimes you have this amazing experience where the contractor is in so much pain, they're willing to change. Got it. Because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. I certainly like um, business owners who have got a bit of a lift. Uh, what I say by that is, um, you know, if I've got a business owner who's 23 years old, okay, mm -hmm. and, you know, he's just come off the tools, he thinks he's indestructible, okay? I've, I've seen he him. thinks it's never going to happen to me. I'm Superman, okay? Yep. And I can talk him black into the blue in the face, and he doesn't get that. Mm -hmm. But you give me someone who's about 32 years old. Okay, he's probably got a couple of kids. Yeah. He's realising that he's not single anymore. He's got responsibilities for a family. He's got a wife. He's got a couple of kids and a probably one more, you know, coming on. Okay, he's probably done eight years already. He's going, this is really hard. He's probably had his ups and downs and he realises there must be a better way. That there is fertile ground. He's got a bit of pain, okay, but he hasn't given up, okay? Yeah. You give me someone like that who is still motivated, who has still got the energy, yeah. and I reckon I can transform them within about two years. So it's, okay? essen it's essentially the pain of change is lesser than the pain of my current existence. So let's, let's change. Correct. And, and a franchise is great because – in many ways, the pain of change is so simple because mm -hmm. it is already laid out for you. Yeah. You just have to follow the system. Mm -hmm. 
But what's frustrating, and it's really hilarious, some people join a franchise, but they don't embrace the system. It's almost like they do the things that they've always done yep. and they've joined a better engine. It's like the weirdest thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's like having a McDonald's franchise and not selling Big Macs. Yeah. Weird. It's weird. It's weird because they bring their own legacies back. You know, yep. they say, oh, I've always done it this way. But, you know, ultimately that never gave you a result. You were broke before. You were, you know, just why would you continue to embrace that philosophy? Why would you continue? Here we've got a system that has been proven to be successful. Yeah. Just follow embrace the it. system. Yeah. All right, Tane. What we're going to do is we're going to we're going to we're going to wrap. We're going to keep on doing this, and uh, the next couple of things we're going to chat about is uh, brand power and the power of team. And uh, we're going to launch. Uh, we'll 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 take a quick break, and then we'll uh, we'll come back to it and get started again. Fantastic.